Gold Coast and welcome to Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. As always, we pay respect to the traditional custodians of the land we are coming from, the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation. Well, Jono, before we get into our sporting focus, what were some of your major sporting headlines from the week in sport? Yeah, I mean, again, always a jam-packed week of sport. Huge. Um, Look, there's a, a record that was broken, essentially, for the New York Yankees, I think was fantastic. So Aaron Judge became, which was quite crazy to think, the first Yankee to have multiple three ga- three home run games in a season. You would have thought that record would have been, been broken. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy to think, because you think about all the greats that have gone yep. through the Yankees. Look, he's scored now three home runs in multiple games. That's the record. I was, quite frankly, shocked yep. um, that that... That was a thing, um, but you know, hats off to him. He's been incredible last yep. year as well. Absolutely incredible for the Yankees. This year, it's kind of crazy. The Yankees are sitting pretty much at the bottom of their uh, division, but really, if you looked at the overall league standing, they'd be in that kind of top half. Um, so very, very competitive division there. Then switching over, I talked about them last time about what Deion Sanders is doing over at Colorado, but they got absolutely hammered by Oregon, 42-6. Yep. to six. A lot of the Oregon fans just started walking out in that fourth quarter. It was absolutely hammering. So as great as he made this program, maybe that just shows there is still a lot to go absolutely. to be in that A top, bit of a reality check. Yeah, that top-tier echelon of college football. Um, so yeah, I think a huge result there for Oregon. I mean, look, they were predicted to win that, but you wouldn't have thought by that much. And then sticking with the NFL, I think there's some big headlines to come out of the NFL this week. But nonetheless, I think... a one that hit the headlines across not just the NFL, but in the pop culture world, but Travis Kelsey being officially linked to dating Taylor Swift. I know. Big news. Swifty with his mum in we, the box. We see a lot of professional athletes dating celebrities. Some don't work out so so uh, much in their favor when it comes to performing on the field. Because now as well, he'll be looked at upon not just his fans in terms of professional football, but also all of the Taylor Swift fans as well. So we'll see if this relationship works out for him and Taylor Swift. Yeah, let's see how the form line goes with Swifty in his corner. Well, for me, John, I'll start with the North London derby, probably the biggest game in the English Premier League this weekend. And Tottenham, Ange Postacoglu's Tottenham grabbing a vital point um, from Arsenal. The game yeah. finished 2-2. Uh, Son with a double. Uh, Saka with a penalty and a deflected own goal off Romero. But Jono, a great game of football. We thought it was going to be open, and that's certainly what we got. Um, and Tottenham, this improvement under Ange Postacoglu and this bravery to play, even against the high press of Arsenal, a fantastic game of football. And, and Spurs... Um, there's some excitement growing around that club. Yeah, no, I think that they're being talked about in all the right reasons right now. I think it was a good game. I think it was a fair result as well on the the end of the day as well um, to both kind of walk away uh, with a point in hand. But look, I I think, yeah, maybe we are seeing a little bit of a revitalized Tottenham. You would have been very cautious as soon as Harry Kane left thinking about, okay, where where realistically are we going to sit? Right now it's looking like Look, not saying that it's going to be a top four or anything like that, but looking yeah. like you can be creeping up in at least, let's say, top six, definitely top eight, I would say. Um, but it's looking good right now. Look, without that kind of key star power in comparison to a lot of the Premier League teams, it's looking good. So you take that result on the weekend. Another really impressive performance by James Madison as well, yeah. looking like possibly one of the signings yeah, of definitely. the transfer window. Two assists. The only other little concern for Arsenal, Declan Rice went off at halftime with a slight calf injury, apparently. So we'll see how serious that is because we obviously know how vital he is uh, to that squad. Uh, Red Bull wrapped up the Constructors' Championship in the F1 after another 
Max Verstappen win. He's 13th overall as he won the Japanese Grand Prix. So congratulations to Max um, and the Red Bull team, yep. obviously just yep. dominating the F1 season again this year. And in the NFL, Jono, what an amazing scoreline we saw here. Miami Dolphins 70, the Denver Broncos 20. It was the most points scored in the NFL uh, since 1966 by a team. But Jono, obviously huge win for the Dolphins, but huge concerns for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I mean, look, you got to just oof, to have that many points, points to be put up against. I mean, look, in, in, in any other language, you know, that's like a 10-0 win in football. Yeah. That's that's a massive blot, like let's say a 120 to almost 60 in, in the NBA, like across all sports. That is just such a massive spread, right? You don't see that often. Um, absolutely incredible for the Dolphins. I think they've been off to such a hot start, right? But realistically, I think deserving for the Dolphins on how they played that day. They put up so many yards as well, scoring so many touchdowns. Just absolutely incredible in terms of offensive performance. But you have to be so worried if you're the Denver Broncos. And a team as well that typically, in recent years, in the last 10 years or so, have had a pretty good defensive record, yep. you know? Yep. So to, to get that many points scored against them, that, oh, there needs to be some, some fingers pointed. And you need to really... Get, get back to practicing on that practice field because something needs to change. Yeah, a huge win for the Dolphins. It'll be interesting to see how Denver react uh, from this loss. Well, Jono, here in Australia, uh, the two sports and the preliminary finals that dominated the weekend were both in the NRL and the AFL, both in the men's and the women's for the NRL, and obviously the AFL, huge preliminary finals, both in Melbourne and Brisbane. We'll start with the NRL, Jono, and the first preliminary finals between Penrith and Melbourne. And Penrith, Jono, just stamped their quality on this game. Melbourne were never really in it. They started, or they tried to start physically against this Penrith team, but they just couldn't go with them. Penrith eventually running out 38-4 to four winners. Penrith, John, I think we've said it all about this team. Um, an amazing set of players. Nathan Cleary just showed his class yeah. uh, on the game, destroyed the left-hand side of the Melbourne Storm, just torched them. Uh, all game and the return of Jerome Luai from that shoulder injury I thought he was really impressive as well but Jono I don't know what else we can say about this Penrith team they're looking to go three in a row now it'll be the first time a yep. team's achieved that since Parramatta and the famous team in the 80s so Jono I think we're looking at a potentially one of the great teams not only of this era but potentially being compared to some of the great teams of uh, eras gone yeah uh, look I think that it just really showed the class that Penrith have, right? And as you point out, I think Cleary as well. And if you look back at this historic run of Penrith, whether they win this grand final yep. or not, it's been led by him, Absolutely. right? And he's just been the difference in those crucial games as well to push them in, right? To push them into that next level, to continue to push them. And he had an absolutely immense game, right? And to have such a strong result going in. And look, this... This Melbourne Storm team was a good side, right? You're talking about... Cameron Munster, Jerome yeah, Hughes. Like, You've still got some great players in there. And to just absolutely just just unravel them, right? Yeah. The whole game, right? It was it was as if it was a never in question and never in doubt. Um, but yeah, especially if they win this, this team has to be considered as one of the all-time great teams. It, the dominance that they've had in the regular seasons throughout this whole kind of period, the dominance they've had in the postseason as well. Yeah. Um, Absolutely incredible. 100% deserves to be in this absolutely, grand final. Absolutely. Um, and probably going in as strong favorites to kind of to, to take this once more. Yeah, interesting with Melbourne, we know they've been such a dominant force under Bellamy for the last yeah. 20 years. They've probably yeah. been the most consistent yeah, team. It was Bellamy's 50th uh, finals game as a coach. I think his ninth 
preliminary final, which just shows you the record they've had and their consistency. But maybe a few questions marks now over Melbourne. Obviously, Craig Bellamy getting to the end of his coaching yep. career um, and where that club goes to in terms of the success they're used to. Um, and I time. thought Penrith just won in the forwards as well. I thought led by Fisher-Harris, they just overpowered Melbourne. And, and Melbourne will have to go back to the drawing board if they are to to again challenge, obviously, the likes of Penrith and really try and win a premiership again. The team that may be able to do that, though, Jono, is the Brisbane Broncos. We yeah. saw them on Saturday night at Suncorp Stadium in front of over 50,000 fans. I thought the Warriors actually were pretty good in the first yeah. half. They're yeah. only down by 12 points, and if goal kicking had been a bit straighter, they may have been down even by less. But Brisbane in that second half just blew them away. They ended up winning 42-12. to 12. Um, Again, Jono, a team that's been... So good to watch this year. Um, potentially, Jono, they may have the strike weapon to dismantle this Penrith team or at least really run them close. Obviously, Adam Reynolds um, in the halves has just led so expertly this year. Payne Haas up front. They've got the power um, up front. So Brisbane, Jono, uh, definitely um, in terms of most likely to knock this Penrith team yeah. off, have probably shown it this year in regards to having the strike power to maybe do it. 100%. And I think that one thing that really excites you about this Brisbane Broncos team is realistically they play with a little bit of freedom going up front, right? They play with a bit of energy as well. And that got shown in this, right? That was the difference there in particular that, you know, the last half. Yeah. Um, and I think that they might have a little bit of that offensive firepower to at least put Penrith a little bit more under pressure. Especially because, with a player like Reese Walsh. Yeah, we know it, the seasons he's had. And he, can, exactly. and he can strike from anywhere. Well, that's the thing is that there will be like there will be a scoreline in this. It's not going to be that kind of tight game where it's only a couple in between. There will be some tries scored in this, Absolutely. right? And so it's just going to be the matter of who can lock it down a little bit more defensively. And look, rightfully so, you're right. This this could be the team that can knock them down, right? This is definitely the second best team throughout the it's whole definitely league. It's definitely the two best teams yeah, over the season. 100%. And this is... This is what you want. You want the yep. battle of the best to kind of go yep. off. Yep. And in particular, I think they both had really, I mean, clearly by the scorelines, they both have really good uh, games going into this, right? Yep. So both Absolutely. of them are going in with good confidence, form, going in confident. They're going in with the chance as well that both of them had that offensive game where they just yep. put up points that they yep. know that they'll be able to have their chances and they'll take advantage of the chances as well. So I think it's it's setting up for a great grand final. Yeah, it's going to be an absolutely amazing grand final. Uh, Sunday night Australian time and Brisbane will, looking, will be looking for their first premiership since 2006. So a, a bit of a, um, a drought for such a, yeah. a huge rugby league town up there in Brisbane, but it should be an amazing grand final. We'll get some predictions um, a little bit later on. Looking at the NRL women's, Donna, the grand final will also be played uh, Sunday afternoon just before the men's grand final. Um, and we've got Newcastle playing the Gold Coast. So Newcastle defeated Brisbane 30-24. to they're, they're the defending champions played up in McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle yep. in front of a great crowd there. And then the Gold Coast, Donna, upsetting possibly the favourites, the Sydney Roosters 12-0. Even more remarkably, Gold Coast were wooden spooners last year and they've now turned it around to reach the Premiership decider. So, Jono, a fairy tale story in the Gold Coast and obviously Newcastle looking to go back-to-back, but plenty of storylines going into the Women's Grand Final as well. Yeah, I think that's such a good story to think to think about that, right? You kind of go from a season where, yeah, unfortunately, you know, didn't have as many teams yep. and everything like that, yep. and then you go into a year where it's expanded, you're, yep. you're up to 10 teams and everything like that, and then being able to then go all the way to the finals. I mean, Unbelievable that's incredible story. Turn, yeah, turn of events in terms of, the squad that they've had and everything like that. But 
I mean, look, hats off for being able to to just dismantle the roosters like that as well. And keep them scoreless. Very strong rooster side yep. throughout the whole year, which you would have you would have definitely put your dollars on that yep. to be going into that grand final. So anything could happen, right? I mean, yeah, that Knights team has been pretty much at the top of the table the yep. whole year. Yeah. But it just shows that hey. Can't count them out until until the final whistle. Man, amazing for that. And also amazing for the uh, NRL women's competition to see a new team obviously yeah. making it through to the uh, through to the decider, which is great in terms of, as you said, Jono, the continued expansion in that competition 100%. where more and more clubs are bringing a women's team into it. Switching codes, Jono, we also had the AFL preliminary finals and we'll start with Friday night in front of over 97,000 fans at the MCG. And what a game this was. Oh. Collingwood, 58 the, the greater Western Sydney Giants, 57. The Giants nearly ran them down, John. They got a lead early, uh, midway through that second quarter. Collingwood uh, came over the top, looked like they'd run away with it, but the Giants stuck in there, and they nearly got all the way to the big dance. But, John, in the end, Collingwood held on. They have been the best and most consistent team yeah. over the season. Um, and what an atmosphere it was out there on Friday night at the MCG. 97,000, you Crazy. could hear it. Crazy. Through the TV sets, watching it. Look uh, again. It's it's almost each time Collingwood plays, you know, that we kind of say how cr- crazy it is of an environment down there. And like whatever you think of Collingwood, yeah, you can't over a hundred thousand members. There's been apparently a debacle in regards to members trying to get tickets for this grand crazy. final. Ticket tech's been overrun like, uh, with people obviously trying to get their grand final tickets as well. I absolutely love it because this is the type of passion that you see yeah. only, let's say, a, a lot of times in the world stage for like a FIFA World Cup yeah. or something like that. Yeah. You don't see this type of passion sometimes even for you know any type of club level or anything yeah. like that. So absolutely crazy. And as you said, that came down to such fine margins there. Such fine margins. Such fine so, margins. Just everybody on the edge of your seat. You were at the edge of your seat as well, watching from home. Unbelievable, man. Um, literally, it could have just gone either way. And yep. that's the thing, as we talk about every single week with AFL, that one straighter kick literally would have pushed yep. this game yep. on the other side. Yep. Taking your opportunities, um, at, especially in these games. 100%. But look, Collingwood has been that team all year, realistically, that you do not want to play. And they can prove that it's, again... These great teams, the difference from good teams to great teams is just finding a way to win no yeah, matter what. Yeah, yeah. And that's what happened in this game is that somehow they still came out on top. However, however, in which way they were able to do it, they came out on top. And that's the most important thing. So hats off to them. I'm just excited to see what the fans are going to be bringing to this grand final. It's going to be some atmosphere. It has been such a buildup to get to there right now. Also, a special mention of Degoe in the midfield for Colling. I thought he was immense. Uh, just his strength and the ability to get on the ball and create for Collingwood, I thought was amazing. But uh was an amazing preliminary final. Yeah. We went then into Saturday. Yeah. And what a sporting... The Brisbane was the sporting capital of Australia on Saturday. Yeah. The, they had the preliminary final with the NRL as well as the AFL, which kicked off before the NRL. And Brisbane didn't, didn't disappoint. Yeah. Defeating your Carlton 79-63. John O'Carlton leapt out to a 30-point lead in the yeah. first quarter. They stunned yeah, the uh, the Brisbane Lions, but the Lions stuck in there. Eventually, got over the top. Jono, firstly, Carlton, I think, amazing to get to the Premier League final. Same as the Giants, I thought. Yeah. Special mention of them as well. They amazing to get where they got to. Just couldn't quite get over the top. And Brisbane's, as we've mentioned before, their unbelievable home record have not lost a game at home all year. Continued on Saturday afternoon, and they're off to the grand final as well to take on Collingwood again probably the two best teams, two yeah. most consistent yeah. teams over the season as well. Yeah, look, hopefully for Carlton's sake, I do hope that you can just take on this momentum. Build on this. Year, realistically, I mean, 
Again, incredible finish of the year, right? And yeah. and look, you know, when I picked Carlton and everything, it was because I yeah, you could actually see that they could potentially win, right? But look, the difference is that this Brisbane team has been so, yeah. so good. They didn't panic as well. Yeah. Even when Carlton had that hot start, they didn't panic. They stuck to their game. Yep. I, you know, I do think, though, that if this would have not been played in Brisbane, it would have gone... They, I don't oh, think they would have been able to dig that deep to, to, to get through, right? The home crowd definitely and did help. That's the difference. And so now going into this final, like, look, is that going to be potentially yeah. really taken in as well? Um, but look, hats off to the Brisbane team for fighting back like that. I mean... Great play, and also rightfully so. Again, now for us as viewers, we get both. What codes. a game it's going to be! We get we get both opportunities. The top two teams all year yep. battle against. That's just you don't see that that no, often. No. So to be able to see that, take advantage of that. I think it's going to be a cracking game regardless, and it's going to be look. Maybe it is the the fans that are going to have that slight edge in this because yep. it it's been both teams as well that I think rally behind their fans so much in game to give them that little bit of a push that it could be the difference going ahead. Yeah, so Saturday afternoon, the MCG in Melbourne uh, will be the AFL Grand Final. Collingwood will be seeking their 16th premiership and first title since 2010, while Brisbane will be looking for their first premiership since 2003 when they did uh, the treble. They did 2001, 2002, and 2003 when they went back to back to back. So... Should be two amazing grand finals or three amazing grand finals with NRL Women's as well uh, over the weekend. John, another big sporting event which is uh, building up or getting closer to the finals is the Rugby World Cup. And we're going to have to start with Australia. Many Australians got up early this morning uh, or Monday morning by the time this podcast goes to where to, to see if Australia could defeat Wales and keep their World Cup finals dreams alive after that, I guess, shock loss to Fiji. But it wasn't to be. Wales overpowering Australia 40 points to 6. It was actually Australia's record loss at a Rugby World Cup after they lost 40 to 16 against England in 2019 in the group stage. It was also will be the first time Australia will not qualify out of the group stage at a World Cup. Um, mathematically, they can still get there, yeah. but Fiji would have to lose their last two games against Georgia and Portugal, which seems highly unlikely. Jono, before we go into a bit more detail, how disappointing is this? For Australian rugby, we obviously Eddie Jones came in uh, to try and revitalise Australia before the World Cup and, and potentially um, have a decent run in the World Cup as well with the, with a young group of players which he which he selected, but in the end, they were just overpowered by a better Welsh team. weren't good enough against Fiji, and in the end, Eddie Jones has only won one game since he's come back as coach. Yeah, look, I mean, but the thing is, is when you kind of look at this, it doesn't. It's not going to be based on. This game against Wales, no, it has to go back to it's that a game build against up. Fiji as well, yeah, yep. um, and everything before that too. I mean, look, it wasn't that Australia was going into this with the best of form as well. No, um, really got taken advantage of by Fiji as well. A very good Fiji too, and credit to like, Fiji, credit yeah, and hundred percent. Great for that nation, hundred percent to to potentially be making a finals now. But yeah, the difference is, is it's just the the scoreline of mm. this game. Yeah. The way it all played out as well. Just fell apart. You'd just be so disappointed, right? It was disappointing to kind of see see it back. It was disappointing to to kind of have just kind of that unraveling of this yeah. Australia team. That yeah, that's what it was. Rightfully so, should be better, right? We yeah. all know should be better, right? Whether, you know, it's losing to Wales still, yep. but you can't have that type of result, right? And I think that realistically, yes, it didn't. It wasn't this game that really was the tipping point, but this game really showcased... The problems that and have the deficiencies been having, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, 
Every Australian that did get up for this would be so, so disappointed that they got up for this. Yeah. Because there was just nothing in it, right? It was just so flat. Nothing really there. Um, and unfortunately, as you said, yes, mathematically, potentially a chance. But, but unfortunately, really, this just is the icing on the cake. And unfortunately, going to lead to them packing their bags a lot earlier than what they should have. And I guess some of the question marks coming out, because there will be a review after yeah. this World Cup, as yep. there always is, especially 100%. when it's a failure. Eddie Jones's faith in youth. Yeah backfired and i think australia missed the experience of some of those players who have been there and done it such yeah. as michael hooper quade cooper who were left behind weren't selected into the squad no balance there was no balance yeah. and you saw even this morning when things were going wrong for australia there didn't seem to be anyone able to turn that momentum yeah. wales just continued on and australia just a real again disappointment for rugby here in australia we know the struggles it's had um, over the last yeah. decade even. Um, we seem to be really thriving at the schoolboy level and, and club rugby. But once it gets to that super rugby level and the Australian level, there seems to be a real disconnect with fans. And, and who are these next players coming through for, for rugby? A lot of players being lost to the rugby league, um, even through the school system. Um, so I think there's going to be plenty of question marks around what rugby Australia do. We host a World Cup in four years. Yeah. And four years may sound like a long way away, it's not long. You're going to have to start planning for that now. We've got a British and Irish Lions tour in 2025. Do we really want to be embarrassed on that as well? Because we're going to have to be a lot better. And there's so many facets, I think, that that need to be fixed up and turned around. And it's it's only going to take a really good review and a deep review. You have to go knuckle down all the way through down to the grassroots. Where is it going wrong for Australian rugby? Because we're so far off yeah. the best teams in the world. Well... Look, that's the thing, right? You, As you said, you have four years to basically plan for this, right? Unfortunately, four years isn't enough time to kind of go all the way back to that yep. real young youth and develop yep. them from there, right? So we're talking about talent that's already in the mix right now. But what we can do is we can just get the nation around rugby once again, right? Yep. Because it's yep. lost Get them excited about the team. Yeah, so this is where I think we can learn from things like the Women's World Cup that's so successful about getting Absolutely. people around it, right? Having at least access to some of the stuff on free to air, things like that, getting yep. people, yep. getting people excited. How about hard is it, it right? to find a super rugby game? If you didn't know where it is, ridiculous. You ain't going to find it. I know exactly, and that's the thing as well is these players, right? That are kind of stopping, right? It's it's almost that like they're almost stopping the progression, everything like yep. that, because they just don't see almost the the point, right? You know, you got to get them inspired as well. So we're talking about the fans, yep. and then we're talking about that. That kind of young adolescent age yep. right now yep. that can then be that maybe that young star that that's breakout yep. right and then yep. as we pointed out you need to mix that young star with some of that that experience. that talent and that experience Absolutely. as well right so if we have that mix maybe we can come up to, with something in four years but right now we're not on that path no, right no. and so you're hosting a home world cup. And it doesn't matter what the sport is. When you host a home World Cup, you need to perform. We right? are a second-tier rugby nation right now 100%. in terms of our performances. 100%. I'm not saying historically, yeah. but right now, yeah. we are nowhere near the first-tier yeah. nations. And Wales are a good team. Yeah. They aren't going to win the World Cup. No. They, they are not the strongest European team even. So it really is a reality check. Um, Eddie Jones is going to have some questions to answer as well yeah, in this review because a lot of these decisions, is he's made them. So they are going to fall on the coach. And it's going to be super, very interesting to see what decisions are made after this World Cup. Looking at some of the other games, Jono, um, I, I watched this one as well. Ireland chalking up a big win over fellow heavy hitters. South Africa 13-8, probably one of the games of the tournament so far. Low scoring, but the physicality on yeah. show really 
uh, was a highlight between number one nation in the world and number two. And, and potentially, they may meet up yeah. um, later in the tournament as well. But it was a great game there. While England uh, continued their goods form, recording a big win over Huge. Chile, 71 to nil. And Scotland kept up their final chances alive with a 45-17 to win over Tonga. A big game during the week as well, New Zealand taking on Italy. New Zealand yeah. having to win that game uh, to obviously get back in a second place in the group. So some big games to come, Jono. And even though Australia's failure, there's going to be some plenty of good rugby to watch for, for rugby fans here in Australia as well. Well, as always, Jono, we'll end with five quick questions. So I've got you this week. Let's do it. Let's go, mate. All right. Pretty easy this week. Who wins the NRL Grand Final, Penrith or Brisbane? Look, it's going to have to be Penrith. Penrith. It's, it, it needs They're to be. They're going three in a row. Uh, I would love to see it because I think it'll solidify. Again, Like I think bef- even without the win, yep. they're still going to have such a strong legacy in terms of teams. But it just solidifies them. And it's because of the way that they've been able to do it in the last couple of years. Just the absolute dominance. You kind of want to just see it happen again. And just, just solidify their name in the history books for sure. Penrith to win it. Number two. Who wins the AFL Grand Final, Collingwood or Brisbane? Look, this is, I, I think it's going to be a flip of a coin, but the difference here it has to be the fans, and it's going to have to be Collingwood then Collingwood. in that sense. Like, they've, it's just been crazy. Like, yep, it's just yep. been even more so than other years. Like, you always see this, right? But I feel like that this year, more so than some other years, it's just been another level. You know, they've taken it a, another step above, so... I'll, I'll give them just based on that. But I think either either team both have the quality to be able to win this, but just that slight edge there has to go to Collingwood. Imagine it was, going to, imagine it was a Collingwood-Carlton final. Oh, that'd be crazy. The tickets are an issue now. <sighs> Thank God. The AFL are probably thankful that the Carlton didn't make it. Yeah. Number three, John, this has been a, a huge discussion point in the Premier League and, and specifically with Arsenal. Who should be Arsenal's number one goalkeeper? Ramsdale or Ray? We saw Ray start uh, the last three games. Yeah. I feel a bit sorry for Ramsdale. Yeah, look, it is it is tough. I do still think it should be Ramsdale. I, I think that he, just he hasn't done really, anything wrong. Yeah, and and he's really good quality, right? But uh, it's just such a hard one, right? When especially yeah. in in when you're talking about a goalkeeper as well, it's so hard because you think about an introductory of a game, right? You're only getting so many opportunities yeah. to really even showcase any of your skill or anything like that. Um, I don't think he's done anything wrong to to put him down, right? Yeah. So it, it's. As, as great as... It's just a tough one. Look, I think you have to have some a couple games of, of a bad spell to be able to replace. Yeah, I think it's really been harsh on Ramsdale. It'll be interesting yeah. how our tethered balances... Because if I was Ramsdale, I wouldn't be very happy. And, yeah. and a bit confused as to why yeah. I've been dropped. Yeah. Number four, John, another grand final happening this weekend, which we were discussing. Who wins the NRL Women's Grand Final? Is it the fairy tale of the Gold Coast or do Newcastle go back-to-back? Look, I love a fairy tale as well. So of course we got to back the fairy tale, and we're going to say the fairy tale of the Gold Coast continues, which would be an incredible thing to see to go from the bottom of the table all the way to the top next. I'm season. with you, Gold Coast to Let's go all it. the way. And number five, John, I'm sure this will be a question uh, that we'll see pop up in the media over the next few weeks. Should Eddie Jones retain his job after the failure of the Wallabies at the Rugby World Cup? It's going to be a huge question. Look, it's it's always a hard one, right? I'm always in favor of, of in particular, coaches kind of seeing out a little bit of time yep. so they can have some... Because we know we haven't. He hasn't had a in. huge yeah. amount of time with this squad. For the sake of time, like, I think he's going to be under immense pressure. Don't get yep. me wrong. Yep. He needs to show that he will maybe change some of his, his, his ways in that yep. sense and selections and everything. If he does that, let's let's stick with. 
if he does not change anything in the next couple of months in terms of his view of the program and everything, then I think potentially he needs to go and you need to make sure that you then put someone in to really have that focus that yep. you have a couple of years to really to really get things together. Yeah, huge, uh, a huge few years for Rugby Australia. Obviously, we got the Bledisloe and stuff yeah. next year, but then the British and Irish Lions, 2025, yeah. that'll be here before we know it. And then obviously a home World Cup. Yeah. So it's all going to have to start building towards that. So it'll be very interesting to see what decision Rugby Australia come to after the review uh, after this World Cup. Well, that brings to another episode of Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. As always, thank you for your support and good night. <laughs> <laughs>